Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome again to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. I'm Chris Sasser, and today we are doing part two of a conversation we started last time where what we want to make sure we're doing is protecting our children and our teenagers from really the, the pornographic, the highly sexualized culture that they live in. And last time we talked just about why this is important and a number of ways that we can kind of help our kids. But Troy, let's just recap really quickly. What, what, why for you is it important for us to be able to, to have this conversation and to be encouraging, especially parents uh, in and around this topic? I think to protect our kids, to protect our culture and to protect just why we are here uh, to be a ministry and a voice of hope to uh, the places that we live, starting with the people that we live with. And so I feel like there's a responsibility and a good one for everyone to do this, not just if you have uh, kids that are in the house, but just in that you're still living. God has <laughs> called, to, called us to reach uh, people. And this is an area where I would say, above, above all others that I see, is, is tearing our children and our culture apart um, because it's something that God created that the enemy has used with our nature, or the human nature, to uh, really wreak havoc. Yeah, and I certainly don't see it in the same way that you do. But in working with you know children and teenagers in in the church, I certainly do understand how uh, critical of a conversation this is. Because it, you're so right, it is tearing yeah. our kids up. Just everything that is coming at them when it comes to their sexuality, and certainly the, the pornographic. Um, content that is so easily and readily available to them and how often um, as adults we don't even really pay attention to yeah. what's coming at them or how it's shaping their mind and their heart, and, and it's just such an important conversation. That's good. You know, the word vulnerability uh, really stands out to me in that, um, and I share this in one of the uh, workshops that I do on Pornography's Prey, uh, but I share the story of the Salvo Lions two lions in Africa that were um, basically began to get a taste for human flesh. And the way in which as to why that happened was because they preyed upon uh, starving people um, because they were weak and they were an easy target. They were vulnerable. And these lions, uh, and we now know there's a movie called The Ghost in the Darkness, and these actual lions were killed by, I believe, a guy named John Patterson, um, and it is said that they, the lions killed up to 180-some people. Those two lions are actually now in a field museum up in Chicago after being hunted. But so you look at that story, and what stands out to me is that because they were vulnerable, they became easy prey. And so when I look at the goodness of God in sexual intimacy, there is something in this that makes us vulnerable, which at its core is good, and it makes sense why, therefore, the enemy would target it. And so the question becomes, how easy are we prey to that? And children are to be protected, but adults, their parents first, but the church, other adults, if you're still living and breathing, how do you have an influence in this arena to protect 
yourself first, but also to protect kids. Yeah, so you've used that word a couple of times, the, the word protect. And so, you know, one of the things that, that we want to talk about is just how we as adults can have this mindset um, of protection. And so I know you've got a couple of different things that you want to talk about how we can do that. The verse that comes to my mind, first of all, is uh, in protecting in that we need to protect our hearts and therefore protecting theirs as well. Uh, the verse that comes to mind is guard your heart for from it flows the wellspring of life. And I look at that whole idea of the wellspring of life, it's, it never stops. There's something good that comes from this heart, this depth that God has created, and I need to protect that. So it is to therefore be said that that the abundance of my living life from this good place, this vulnerable heart, is going to be because I guarded it and I protected it. And I think there's a direct tie to our sexual uh being that God has created to protect that heart. There's also a verse that stands out in my mind. Um, and I remember being a student pastor and it hit me more than anything. This verse, the blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So there is a direct correlation with the purity of my heart and my ability to see God in my life. That clarity goes hand in hand. So I have to protect this right here, this heart um, and I believe it is directly tied to what my eyes see. And so protecting my eyes helps to protect my heart. Therefore, that heart being guarded in that way, there's an abundance of life that begins to happen. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we're going to do in just a few minutes is to start talking about some practical ways that we can help each other and help our kids do that. But Troy, what's another kind of thing that we need to make sure that we protect when it comes to us and our kids in this topic? Protecting our minds. Um, when you look at this verse, there's so, it's so meaty, um, all of the qualities here, but it, it gives this this challenge that, that says, finally says, finally, whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good rapport, if there be virtue and there be praise, think on these things. It's like eight or nine qualities there that I'm actually to intentionally think about. So I think protecting our minds uh, in this area, this is a really good verse to just sit back and say, look at what I'm wanting to view here. Does this really reflect what is true? And I can just say with pornography, it doesn't. If you know the stories behind even the pornographic uh, images and the story, the lives of those that are making this, um, you would say that this is not true, what you're seeing. There are two realities, the reality that you see and the reality that really is. And so when you're viewing pornography, you're really looking at only one of those. And it's not what you're seeing right there in front of you. It's what you don't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think protecting our mind is, is important so that we um, think clearer and you know, can practice the virtues that we see in this passage. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, the, the scripture that comes to mind for me is Romans 12, 1 and 2, just don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Of your mind, that's right. good. And, and so how we, we do have to think differently when it comes to this topic and, and, and kind of everything in and around it, because if we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind, it gives us the ability to live in everything that you kind of listed there in Philippians 4, 8, to yeah. think about things that are, you know, true and honest and lovely and praiseworthy and all those things. I know a lot of people who have struggled with this issue and are even in what I would call just recovery and healing process, 
um, even though they're not looking anymore at images or looking at pornography, they're struggling with what it's done to their thinking and to their mind. So much to the point that they can't make really good eye contact with, with other people um, f- because of the fear and the things that are going through their mind. Uh, they're, fe- they're afraid that they're going to begin to objectify uh, people. And so pornography has had a direct effect on their thinking ability. And so there's a part of their mind, actually, that has to start to be renewed. Wow. And it's not just the absence of it. It's actually the healing that comes after that. Wow. Okay, so so we got to make sure that we're protecting our kids' hearts. We got to make sure that we're protecting, you know, our and their minds. And then what's the last part? Protecting our body. Um, this is really good. I, uh, the scriptures are so clear on the fact that our bodies are to be treated in such a way uh, that is holy and held in honor. In First Thessalonians, it says, "Let each man or woman, and I would say boy or girl, control." his or her body in such a way that is holy and honorable to God. Uh, The scripture also teaches that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the temple is where, right here, this person, this being, my walking around in my flesh is a temple. This is where the Holy Spirit lives. And so I am to protect that. I am to guard that um, because it's where he actually resides and so if, if, there's a, if there's an ability for the correlation between my eyes and my heart, then I'm actually taking into that temple, uh, if I go in the wrong direction, taking into that temple something that is, uh, you know, not okay. And God doesn't want it there. And so I think treating our body as such is, is needed. Uh, there's also a verse in Romans. This is, therefore, I urge you in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Living sacrifice, I would think, would be called an oxymoron um, because something that has been sacrificed is dead. But I'm to live while sacrificing, killing, something that I'm actually desiring. And so this actually becomes a form of worship to God, that I'm taking that and I'm sacrificing it. I want this over here. But I'm going to put this aside because this is what I need. And I love how uh, that verse says, in view of God's mercy, yeah. right? I mean, because of, you know, if, if I believe in and follow Jesus, because of what I know God has given to me, what he's offered to me, I trust that, that I'm going to receive that mercy, I'm going to receive that grace, and then I'm going to offer my body as a living sacrifice, right? It's not just because, you know, it'll make me a better person mm-hmm. or... You know, I won't get sort of drugged down into things that may, you know, spiral my thinking out of control. No, it's in view of God's mercy. That's good. That I do this. That's so good. It's really, really important. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about some real practical action steps that we can all take in helping to protect our children and teenagers from this pornographic culture. So we'll be back in just a moment. You are listening to A Voice of Hope. Don't you just love the word renew? It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with a voice of hope. This ministry has been created to bring encouragement in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Chris, and their guests, 
It's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead, pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We are honored to share this journey together. Welcome back to A Voice of Hope. I'm Chris Sasser along with Troy Peverell, and we are having a conversation today, uh, really continuing uh, what is really going to end up being a four-episode series just on, on pornography and sexuality. And the last couple of conversations that we have had, including this one, are really talking about how we can protect our kids and our teenagers from the, the pornographic culture that we are surrounded with. And so we're going to talk through now what are just some actual practical action steps that we as, you know, j- as parents, but not just parents, the adults that are around these kids in a lot of different settings. What are some action steps that we can take in order to help sort of fight this battle? So, Troy, what's what's the first one? To teach the goodness of sex, we uh, sexual intimacy as God created. We talked about this the last uh, episode, I believe. And uh, this is, you know, parents doing this uh, directly, um, and I think indirectly as well. And I would say it in this way. It is hard to give away something that you don't possess. And so... I think for everyone to step back and say, you know, um, I think it was an old song, Marvin Gaye, Sexual Healing. (laughs) But I think it's good to step back and say, you know, when it comes to this part of God's creation, where am I personally in the way of handling this, um, such, such something so good and in my own personal life? Because, again, if I am going to therefore be the teacher of these children... I'm going to be less likely to do that uh, truthfully and honestly if I have not done the own healing needed in my own life. I can try to teach it, and I can, but there's just, there's just a truth underlying that I think gives us the most power when teaching anything of God's truth. And so if I'm going to say, teach the goodness of sexual intimacy as God designed it, I need to have that in my own life. And sometimes it's going to bring up, you know, some questions, and I, I just think this is the way to model. This is the way to teach. How sexually healthy am I as God sees it? Well, I think, too, to, as you're talking, and you know, obviously, and we did talk about this on our last episode, some people just struggle with having these conversations with their kids because of shame and guilt from sort of their own past. But I just think through where Paul says, look, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so, so just being able to step into that and to live into that in this realm of life yeah. Um, seems to be probably really important because if you're living under sort of that guilt and that shame and that condemnation mm-hmm. from past sexual experiences or, or decisions that you've made, of course it's hard <laughs> yeah. to talk to your kids about that. But if you can embrace right. the, the freedom in Christ and to realize there is no condemnation that is so good. for those who are in Christ, maybe you can step into this conversation uh, in a little bit healthier way, right? Yeah, we have to have that as a go-to because... You know, I think most people have sexually messed up in some way. Um, and if I allow the enemy to, to make me think that I, therefore, can't really say the things that I want to say in teaching truth, 
then he has rendered me silent on a matter that is not valuable nor true because God has done what you just said. He's already redeemed it. There is no condemnation. So I go forward like this. Okay, I'm going to teach my kids on the goodness of sex as God created it um, and that I am still reaching for that and doing it in my own life. And yes, I've messed up, but God has cleaned up. And so I don't have to necessarily tell my kids this. That's age appropriate at some point, perhaps. But I can operate from that truth and give give with confidence to these my children that I loved that, yes, this is the truth. And then on the inside, and I know that I did not necessarily abide by it, but God has forgiven me and cleansed me, and I'm not going to hold back from teaching truth. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, That's really good. Okay, what's another uh, kind of action step we can have with our kids? I think it kind of goes in line with just a little bit of what I'm saying is just embrace sexual purity as a way of life. Uh, Chris, you asked me last uh, a couple episodes ago about you know the whole idea of sexual integrity, and I had never heard of those words, but I kind of stepped back away after that. I'm glad you asked it um, because it really got me thinking about again, and I still stand on this principle that you know purity is seen throughout the scriptures, and it, its connotation is good at it, at the core, um, and there is no condemnation in that. It is something that I can strive for. Um, but when I honestly, this is just Troy, when I sit and think, okay, what is integrity? Here's what comes to my mind. If a man can have integrity, is there any man that has integrity, any woman that has integrity, any child that has integrity? In the, in the presence of God, and my thought is no. Probably not. I'm going to bow on my knee. Yeah. And so purity is something that God gives. Integrity is something I'm trying to attain. Mm-hmm. And I just think, you know, God gives purity and he is the one that cleanses. And let it be true. Let it be true. Um, but I think I want to embrace that in my life. And that's a day in and day out. If my eyes want to wander as an adult, wherever it is that I am, then in those moments, I'm, I'm, I should be saying, God, this is my flesh. Come here in this moment and cleanse me. Keep me from this. And there's no wrong in temptation. Temptation is not wrong. Jesus was tempted. And so this is not about just the fact that we we walk around in some state of not being tempted. That's bogus. We will be tempted. But I need to embrace the process of purity and let it be a way of life. Um, And I think then giving it to our kids to ask, you know, what and how do you, do they feel about sexual intimacy as God has created it? Maybe they don't know. This is your role to teach. Um, Staying again, going back to just the whole idea of sexual repentance, um, looking at your own sin in your life. Is there unconfessed sin? Um, have you been wronged sexually by another person? Um, this can impact your, li- your life to the enemy's desire to keep you hushed up or to live in fear, to not be this person to help give this away to your kids. So I would say, you know, do what is needed. Um, with any kind of sin that you've committed or a sin that has been committed toward you. So there can be sexual repentance and healing. Um, I think that we're touched by a culture of sinful uh, stuff happening. And so that has affected us. And I think we can uh, as well repent as a culture. Uh, The other thing I think in embracing sexual purity is 
to begin to be intentional in, in your prayer life um, and let that develop into an intense kind of prayer life. Um, so this is another part of sexual purity, I think, yeah. to embrace it. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think also, you know, I know your next point is, is we have to teach our kids how to be sort of proactive mm-hmm. in their battle because this is a battle for them. So we want to kind of teach them how to fight this battle together. So Troy, so what are some ways that, that we can help our kids be able to fight this battle? So third, uh, a third thing I think is important in just uh, fighting this f- fight is, is teaching our kids to, uh, to fight and that it is okay to fight. I heard someone recently say that, you know, we were not born on a playground. We were born in a battlefield. And I uh, look at this as not of, hey, be discouraged. You're just going to have to battle the rest of your life. Um, you're going to be able to battle from a place of resources. And so if those resources are tapped into, you're going to fight more. And I think this is something that we have to teach our kids to do. Uh, and I would, the first, the first thing I would say of all of those, the people that I've worked with, um, and even in my own life of having victory, I think that I would say the thing that is needed is to develop what I call an intense, quote, warlike prayer life. Um, it, I'm going to do this over the, you know, as a broadcasting, and it's going to sound a little funny, but you'll get the point. Um, so when I go to pray, it has been traditional for me up until about 15 years ago to pray from such a place of the things that I'm thinking, and I think that's fine, keep doing that. But because of what was going on in my life at the time, when I noticed that when I started to pray, there was a lot more emotion in my prayer. And it was because I was so feeling the issues of life. So now not only am I taking my mind to prayer, I'm also taking my emotion to prayer. And so it sounds like this, God, help me in this time, give me your strength. So that's true. It's in my head. I just said it. Versus, God, I am struggling. Help me here. Fight this fight. The difference is I've just added some passion to what I'm thinking. And I think when I began to do this, um, I was doing this on my porch one day, uh, and my wife walked out. And and she walked back in real fast, and then we kind of laughed later. (laughs) And I think I realized this is why the the Scriptures teach to go into your inner closet. (laughs) Because it's actually... You're, you're all in. And I think that if we're on a battlefield, I don't just say, huh, you know, I'm going to shoot over there. I mean, I am ready. I'm intense. I, my emotions are in it, and my mind is in it, and I think that we have got to develop a prayer life like this. Um, so when, when I see people do this, I see them begin to have victory. Um, the next thing is, I think, to develop a personal plan of purity. This will look different for everyone. You'll have to think of your circumstances. You'll have to think of the ways in which you struggle as a, a parent or as an adult, and then begin to teach this also to your kids. Um, how are they going to stay pure? How are they going to be able to applicate in those moments of temptation? Because they walk in a different way of life than you do as an adult. Um, to have go-tos of what to do to stay pure, a personal plan of purity. The third one is to build boundaries in all your environments of life. Um, and it goes, it is going to be a part of that personal plan of purity. Um, but I need to look at, okay, I go to work or I go to school. I, I hang out with these people. You know, all of what is needed, boundaries are simply this. Boundaries are not walls. Boundaries are simply boundaries. This is where you play. This is where you operate. 
And so I've got to learn what that looks like with the people that I hang out, the places that I, I hang out, um, and any kind of uh, programmatic uh, structure that might be in my life, whether that's school or work, um, and build good boundaries uh, with people. Um, I think another one is scripture memory. When we look at Jesus and his temptation, he used the word of God. He had to have memorized it to be able to do that. And I think that we need to start doing that more and more. I think I can, yes, I can read the scriptures. I can go and listen to somebody teaching about it. But I say go a step further. Put it on a card of some kind. Put it on your phone where you make it a habit to begin memorizing scriptures because the enemy is going to hit you at times when you're not ready. In those moments, you need to have ready for him what Jesus had ready for him, which was to quote scriptures. So think of verses that are uh, on purity. You know, I have made a vow with my eyes not to look upon a woman with lust in my heart. Um, there are many, you know. Um, do you think of some, Chris? <laughs> so, uh, well, we've already read a bunch of them, quite honestly, yeah. is, you know, kind of being able to, um, making sure you're thinking about whatever's true, excellent, praiseworthy, all those things that those are kind of some go-tos yeah. for me. So, okay. So you've talked about kind of a couple of action steps, teaching the goodness of sex, embracing sexual purity, teaching our children to fight. What's the last one? The other one is, uh, teaching children to flee. And I simply said, run, 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 you know, to <laughs> yeah. get away from that moment of, engagement or potential fall. Don't hang around that issue. Why? Because God at the core created sexual desire in you. So it's it's a good thing. But if you dance around that issue for too long, or if you hang out with something that's tempting you for too long, you're making yourself more vulnerable. And instead, what you need to learn to do is run immediately. It's real easy. Flee the yeah. enemy. Turn and run. And he will flee from you. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, obviously, there's a lot to talk about. And so hopefully over the last couple of weeks, we've been encouraging to you, uh, especially as parents, and helping kind of navigate this uh, highly uh, sexualized pornographic world that our kids are growing up in. So if you want more help, you can reach out um, to Agape Counseling. You can go to agape-counseling.org or there are some more encouraging resources at equipandencourage.com. We just want to continue to be a voice of hope for you and we are thankful that you would spend some time with us. So thanks for listening and we will talk to you next time on A Voice of Hope.